the gamers in. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Is today Thursday? I'm... No, oh it's, it's only Wednesday, oh, which feels so weird. I can't believe we did the show on Wednesdays for so long, because I feel like my week is just starting... I have literally nothing to talk about. Mm. I know it's Wednesday, but for some reason, Wednesday feels so much earlier in the week than Thursday. So, but to I guess. Your, to, your, to your credit, before people say like, well, Jocelyn, you knew Wednesday was coming for at least a week. So, But I would say that in terms of your schedule, uh, Wednesdays are your days where you play video games for the Gamers Inn. So if we move it up a day, you're kind I've of I've literally like, had oh, zero time. All I've been doing all day, mm. we recorded a new Shipwrecks and Shanties, plus Perfect. I've been editing and posting a new for Azeroth, and then I have a game, uh, Slaying Demons that needs posting too, so I've been basically editing audio all day today, and normally, you're right, my, my Wednesday evenings are my gamers in game time, and the thing is, right now, we just had the new Hearthstone expansion launch on Thursday, so mm-hmm. I've been mostly playing, um, I've mostly been playing Hearthstone, and mm. just like hanging out, checking out the new expansion, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's been my big thing is I've just been playing Hearthstone. But I spend so much time talking about it on um, The Angry Chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally blank. The show where you show talk name. about nothing but the yes, Hearthstone. Exactly. So I've spent so much time talking about stuff on The Angry Chicken that I feel like I don't want to be repeating myself too much. So, um, yeah, the new Hearthstone expansion is out. It's been super fun so far. Mm-hmm. It's called The Witchwood. Uh, there was also a big rotation. All the cards were rotated out. So, uh, we've, yeah, we talked about that last week. So I've been playing a lot of Hearthstone. I've been playing a lot of Warcraft. We're working on achievements with our guild right now. We just got our um, Argus mounts for all the achievements in the final raid. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been leveling some of my allied race characters, but yeah, I haven't been doing a whole lot new, but I am excited about, um, a title that comes out next week. Uh, I think it's called, uh, Frost. Yeah. Frost Punk. Frost and Punch. Look- Not Punch, Punk. <laughs> 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 and, uh, it comes out next week. So that's what I'm going to be playing for you guys for next week. Um, Ooh. I think. It comes out, yeah, it comes out on Tuesday. So I'll be able to play that for next week. I'm really excited. It looks really cool. And uh, my friend Terpster has been talking about it and is has tried it out as far as I know. He got mm-hmm. an early, uh, like, review copy. So, um, yeah, I, he's been talking about it. It says it's really, really fun. It's like uh, you're in the last city on Earth and you have to survive. And it's, like, kind of steampunk meets Arctic survival sort of thing. And so it looks really cool. It looks like it's going to be really fun. Kind of along the lines of uh, They Are Billions, which we, um, I played. I can't remember if you played or not, but I played um, a little while ago. So uh, it looks really fun. I'm excited about that. But uh, for now, I haven't played too much new. So I'm just going to throw it over to Ryan because uh, you've had some more streaming adventures you want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's it's interesting that you mentioned Frost uh, Punk because it's a game that falls into something we're going to talk about. Uh, and, and I don't even know if you're using this resource, so maybe this would be handy for yourself. And, and I think you know of this resource. So I, we might have talked about this in the past, but everything I'm going to talk about tonight is all connected. So bear with me. And it's going to be a conversation, a discussion, if you will. So streaming adventures to start. The last couple of weeks, I've been playing games that were uh, supplied by uh, code requests. 
Code request is something that people can do when they have a platform like ourselves via Twitch or podcasts or whatever. And gone are the days where sort of working with a publisher meant you worked for like the IGNs of the world or, mm-hmm. or the polygons. Everybody has access to these tools. It's just based on, uh, you know, what what the publisher is looking for in terms of exposure and, and, and sort of getting the word out there about a game. And, and part of that is working with streamers and, and whatnot. So when you're working on your streaming adventures like I have or, or even starting a podcast like we did, these tools exist and, and they are opportunities for you to build your content while um helping out uh, one of your favorite developers or just looking for a way to build up content. So, but the thing is like when you're doing code requests, it's not about getting free games. It's about a win-win situation like we talked about. So for example, Jocelyn, like when when we do like a code request or we get a code, we do it so we can cover the game and and get the game out there, right? Like that's the win-win there, you know, where we get something to play and they get you know, they get their game out there, but they get word of mouth and yeah, word of mouth. And th- and that's how it works these days. You know, advertising is one part, but word of mouth is also really important. And I feel like it's really funny. I feel like with traditional advertising, like mm-hmm. um, if I'm watching TV, we just got cable like literally yesterday. Or if um, like there's uh, Twitch when I forget to sign in. So it still has ads in it. Like I'm really turned off by games that I see in traditional advertising forms because I'm just like, you have more money than sense. I'm going to wait and see what my friends say about this (laughs) stuff. And I'm not going to like, to me, I feel like uh, Clash of Clans is like a game that still advertises on traditional media. And I don't want to bit like, those aren't the kind of games that I want to play. Right. So I'm just kind of like, as soon as I see like an ad on TV for something, I'm just like, "Mm, no. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's part of their marketing plan to engage with streamers, both of the, you know, I don't know, high level streamers. I guess we'll go with Ninja because we've used that example recently to go with streamers like Ninja. I didn't want to say PewDiePie because he's like he's kind of like the go to, but he's also an asshole. So, like, I don't want to really go that. <laughs> so then just use the example of Ninja and move on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So with Ninja, you know, they, they would work with streamers of that caliber, but also working with with streamers that are just starting out that are building an audience. Because when you're building an audience, you are collecting folks that may not want to check out like the big streamers. They have to kind of look at the part of their plan is spreading the codes in a way that, you know, uh, maximizes word of mouth, like you were saying. Um, but, you know, when requesting a code, uh, when I was when I was starting out years ago, when I started to do it for Gamers In, like you have to understand that when you request a code, like the company doesn't have to provide like they it's up to them it's their product and they can decide whether they accept your request or they deny your request and you're going to get denied you know um it's going to happen especially when you're starting out because you you have to start somewhere you have to build somewhere and sometimes you'll find sort of publishers that will take a chance you'll make contacts you'll show initiative and and you'll get there um but again it's not about free games it's about you know, it's a service, right? But you're also mm-hmm. getting the game out there. You're 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 doing word of mouth. I, I hope I'm explaining this correctly, but it just felt like something that a lot of people don't know about and they don't know where to start. And I figured it'd be good to kind of go over like the two tools that I kind of use and I think you've dabbled with as well, being uh, Terminals.io, which is run by Evolve PR, 
Yeah, I'm literally just re-signing into that, like resetting my password and stuff as you're talking because I'm like, I have not actually been Hmm. in terminals in forever they've come a long way they they when they started their tool was really good and now it's it's just even better because what they've done is they've allowed you to kind of tailor what you get from them so before and i know we've had this conversation before you signed up for their their mailing list and they sent you an email like every day with like hey here's the newest press release for this game and you get a lot of repeat and now you can tailor that where you get no emails and you just log into the website and you only see the products that would interest you mm. uh, from from whether it's a genre thing, platforms, or whatever. And you can tell people, you can tell products that you're not interested in to go away and you can tell products that you are interested in to, you know, filter to the top, being added to a list where you're contacted. You're given, you're given more news about that game, less news about some, more news about others. So it's completely customizable. And I know this all... It all sounds like an ad for these services, but I think it's really important to understand that these tools are available to you uh, as a streamer. And and this is where I got my start, basically, with, with this mm-hmm. code request type stuff. And, and you have to start somewhere. So Terminals.io is a good one. And the reason I said that this was fitting in with what you were talking about is that Frost, Frostpunk is a game that is featured on Terminals.io, and you can go in and you can request a code for it. So... If it's something you're looking to stream, cover on the Gamers in, that's the perfect sort of reason to reset your password and check it out again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and the other one that you have listed here is actually the one that I use more often, which is mm-hmm. Keymailer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get emails every once in a while because basically what you do with Keymailer is you attach your Twitch account and stuff so they get your uh, information about like number of followers and partner status and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, so that information gets sent out to companies and then it's more like a passive thing. I mm-hmm. get just emails offering me keys all the time. And, uh, it's just basically like they're saying, okay, here's, you know, like our database of streamers, like who do you want to target? You can also go in and request specific codes, but I find usually I get codes sent before I even have a chance to like go in and look, you know what I mean? Just because there's that Twitch connection. So it's yeah. like. The, the thing about Keymailer that makes it a little bit different is that it's just basically like they're the ones who are doing the selling for you almost to mm. video game companies. Like they are leveraging your uh, audience without you having to do anything. So uh, that's why it works for me because yep. I am super lazy and I always forget <laughs> to do things. And Ryan is on my back all the time about like, did you request this thing? Did you email this person? Like, this is what Ryan does. This is how our relationship works on Gamers In. Is Ryan is the super organized, like, this is how I get codes person. And I'm like, no, nah, I forgot. <laughs> I'll just go buy it. Oops. <laughs> I mean, and hey, you know what? Like, this is why I say it's not an advertising. It's not. But this is the reality that you're living in when you're trying to start a streaming career or your adventure or whatever the hell you want to call the segment. But, but also from a podcasting standpoint, because this... You know, before it was like, oh, you don't write a review for a magazine? Well, we're not interested in your request. Oh, you don't write a mm-hmm. review for IGN? We're not in- interested in your request. Now it's like you have a podcast with a niche audience that's very active. Like they give away, the way I've always seen it is like they supply you with a code. They give away one game. And if you sell two copies, then I think that their effort is is checked off. And obviously, yeah, you're right. Like if you go for the big streamers, you're going to get there's a chance for more sales, but some of those big streamers kind of focus on one game. Like Ninja is an example. Like 
I don't think Ninja's going to stop playing Fortnite to check out Frostpunk, you know, unless he's mm-hmm. being paid to check it out. <laughs> so when we talk about like Frostpunk as an, as an example, um, that's the other thing too. With Terminals.io and Keymailer.co, those two websites as an example, you have the ability to go in and request games that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. So you are requ- specifically requesting games you know that you're going to A, cover, and, and then we're not talking about giving a positive review because I've talked about games that I don't like that I've gotten as a code request. And I mention I try to mention that it's a code request, especially like the one I'm going to talk about today, the one I talked about last week as well, is that that doesn't mean you're going to give a positive review and don't and the, don't ever feel like you're obligated to give a, a positive outlook. Um, I'm more of a positive guy, so I try to put a positive <laughs> I was gonna spin. Say, I don't think I've ever heard you give like a truly like stay the hell away from this game review. Because I don't play broken garbage. I play games that are less than stellar, and I'll say it, but, like, I'm I'm a positive person, and I try to put a positive spin. But if something is complete and utter trash, like, A, I probably am just not going to talk about it, which is also mm. an option. So if you request a code and you thought, oh, this is the game of the year, and it turns out to be a stink of the year, you don't have to talk about it. Because yeah. there isn't that expectation, and that's why I think, you know, I haven't had much luck with Keymailer because like you said, it's tied to numbers and as someone starting out and as someone who can't supply the gamers in data to that website to leverage those those relationships, uh, my numbers don't really come into a, come into effect because with yeah. my, my streaming, like it, uh, your numbers would, would blow it out of the water, which is just, you've been doing it longer. You have more of an audience. It's just the way it is. But with terminals, I find that they are more willing to give a shot to the small guys. So if you're just starting out, I would recommend terminals, but certainly check out Keymailer as well. I, I have had luck there on occasion by requesting games. Most of the people who suggest games, like send me co- uh, keys on Keymailer, let's just say that um, those games have been not that hot. So I don't even <laughs> bother. I look at them. I always check them out. I, I, I do the diligence of like, taking a look at it and seeing if it's something I'm interested in because they took the time to to send it to me so I take the time to look at the page uh, most of the time that game doesn't catch my interest I usually have like a a week by week plan of what I'm sort of checking out and actually April's been really good like with Masters of Anima and Extinction I've been able to line those up in a, in a, in a content plan so yes in that sense I think I got real lucky in April and being super organized but um another thing that also works honestly is just send an email like find the pr contact for a game and just send an email be honest about what you're doing and and give the links and and see what happens i've had uh i I mean i've gotten games from sony I've, i've been sent press press codes from nintendo um if if you ask and you show that you're serious you never know you know, you, you can get... It doesn't hurt to try. <laughs> it does not hurt to try. It takes it takes, a, it takes, a lot of time to get good at it. I think there's mm-hmm. a certain skill involved with, you know, presenting yourself in a professional manner and saying that you're going to, you know, live up to the request. But uh, if you if you just keep trying and keep doing it, eventually you'll, you'll get to the point where you're very comfortable with it and you have no problem, like, just... Uh, just finding a PR. I, I really want to play this game and I want to check it out early. I want to cover it on par with every other outlet out there. I'm going to write up a request. I find sometimes um, if they're not involved on terminals or, or Keymailer, I'll uh, 
I'll find the PR contact about a month before release, and oftentimes I'll get an email back saying, yep, we've added you to our review list. If we have an available code, we'll we'll get it out to you. And I'm a smaller outlet, so like, you know, I don't expect the world. I just I just kind of throw it out there and see how it, how it goes. And I've honestly been very surprised uh, with with the way things have gone with that sort of thing. Um, so you got a code for this next this game that you're going to talk about this week. And this one, I think, has one of the more interesting kind of mm-hmm. trailers that we've seen. I think this one came out of E3 last year, right? This was, is uh, yeah. Extinction. And this is the one with the giant like troll ogre dudes, right? Mm-hmm. That are kind of destroying the town. And you're like the last of your warrior class or whatever it was kind of the vibe that we got i remember being excited about this one because it looked interesting because you were like this one little dude against this like big gigantic ogre and it was cool to see like the movement and the traversal of the town that you kind of like use the buildings to your advantage and stuff Mm -hmm. but then like in the trailer it shows like oh he's not the only one and there's a whole bunch of other big ogres coming and you're like oh my god how are you as one person gonna stand against this so in now that you've had a chance to get in and experience it what did you think of extinction so yeah i do you're painting a picture like that trailer that came out we were both very oh this looks really cool it looks really cinematic and the game uh, it, it lives up to the to the promise of you taking down these large orcs that these giant orcs that come and, and attack this town and the story is really cool like you said you're you're this last of the warrior kind and you're trying to defend humanity and you're using methods that may not be agreed upon with the the normal folk uh, who you're trying to save and that's developed through the story so there is this cinematic feel to it in that at the beginning uh the beginning of the game and at the end of chapters you're given this like animation that kind of feels like the the clay animation and um uh you know um what's the game starving together don't starve starving don't together. starve yeah starving together mm, that delightful <laughs> experience of starving together everybody oh man that's you know ryan's had a few unsuccessful runs <laughs> yeah yeah i usually end up eating my co-op usually partner. starves yeah <laughs> No, no, no. They die. I, I live on. But uh, <laughs> when you become a cannibal, you see things that uh, you just... Uh, anyways, Wendigos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, we get off track here a bit. This game has those cinematics, which are very nice. They're far and few between, which well, it is what it is. So they present the story in at the beginning of each sort of gameplay segment of like, okay, here's... Uh, and they're just talking heads. They're just kind of like... Um, drawn animations of, of talking heads with speech bubbles and it pauses the gameplay to show you that story and the voice acting is really good and the story is interesting and it's progressing in a way that's 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 appealing um so when i was playing this game before i streamed it i was really enjoying it because i was like i was checking it out i was seeing what the gameplay loop was it's like this feels really solid like the combat feels really cool uh the combos are interesting and basically the gameplay loop is that you you boot into this into the chapter. You hear the story stuff. You get off to to the races, and the races include sort of saving civilians by going to these beacons and opening portals for them to escape the town that is being attacked by the Raveni. I think they call them the giant orcs or the Raveni. Okay. And and you 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 save civilians, and and sometimes that is your goal. Other times that you just use that as a as a way to you know keep the town intact and and build up what's called a 
like a kill strike meter. And then there are the little orcs that you can also kill. Um, when you're defending civilians, you have to kill these little orcs who are kind of, you know, just pecking away at the civilians. So those that'll also build up your kill strike. And where the kill strike comes in is taking out the giant orcs, the, mm. the Ravenis. So when a giant orc appears, warps in out of, out of thin air um, to attack this town, you have to take it down strategically. And it turns into this Shadow of the Colossus type feel, this Attack on Titan feel where you have this large monster that gives two shits about your you and your toothpick of a sword because right. it can just walk through you. And you feel that. Like, if you make one wrong move or you don't dodge an attack just right, you're crushed. Insta-kill, you know? Which, it kind of makes sense, because that was the thing that I was most worried about, right? Is you've got this, like, itty-bitty little human and this gigantic big orc. And Hmm. he could literally step on you, clobber you. Like, you should instantly die if he gets a hold of you, Hmm. right? So... I'm glad that they really leaned into that and weren't like, oh, if you get stepped on, it takes half your health. I'd be like, no, my bones would be crushed. I would be toast. <laughs> yeah. And to give the game credit, like it balances it in a way that when you do die, you aren't punished. You just respawn. Mm. So it, your score is impacted probably in some way, but it was negligible to the point where I felt like it barely made an impact. It was frustrating when you died. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but early on when I was testing out the game before streaming it, I was like, okay, this is really good. I like this gameplay loop. Uh, what you do with the giant orcs is at first they introduce you to one like, hey, you know, with your sword, you can cut off their limbs and literally you can hold the left trigger. And what it does is it slows down time and you can kind of like move your cursor. And what you're doing is you're queuing up like a, a forward slash. Yeah. And it slows down time and you can you can mouse uh, you can pan over the the Raveni's leg or limb and it'll like kind of highlight with like a slashing motion and then when you let go of that trigger there's this cool animation where you just jut forward and just slash the leg off and it just like disappears in a in a gush of blood and the Raveni's like ah and he falls on his butt and <laughs> and and it creates this like you know you feel the fact that 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 giant orc has has fallen mm. um so you feel it and and when and early on you realize oh i gotta cut these guys legs off because if i don't they're just gonna keep walking and destroy the cities in one fell swoop because in the top right of the screen is this like percentage meter that says basically hey uh here is here is your your sort of metric of success that hits zero percent you fail you know because the entire town's been destroyed it doesn't matter if you kill them now because you you failed um so by taking out their legs you kind of stop them in their tracks so the the damage they've done is 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 stopped they can't do any more until their legs sprout out of nowhere like their legs grow back uh which from a balanced standpoint i guess makes sense (laughs) you know if you can easily cut someone's leg off in a game and 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 them getting back up to destroy the town is the way the game progresses uh in a negative fashion then i guess they should grow their legs back i guess (laughs) um so their legs grow back so you have to i found i was constantly sort of micromanaging you know their limbs (laughs) in a weird way there's a show title (laughs) for you uh write that down people um so you would you would slice their legs off and if it grew back you would probably get the leg off again to to finish it up because what you're doing is later on they introduce Raveni with um armor so there's one with just you know wooden armor 
So uh, it's a one-hit strike, it's down, and then you can slice the leg off. But then they introduce armor, metal armor with locks, where you have to, you have to hit the locks several times. Uh, and then you can hit the armor, and then you can chop the limb off. Uh, and then they introduce even more powerful armor with multiple locks. So like it, but it always basically comes down to uh, you're mm-hmm. chopping off this thing's limbs to finish it off. Like it's Not, the same loop of combat every time. It is the same loop, and 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 basically, as you're chopping limbs off, as you're chopping armor off, you're doing that to build up your kill strike. So eventually, they start spawning Raveni in a way that you're not going to build up your kill strike by just summoning if you just if you just save civilians to build you up your kill strike you're not you're you're gonna lose the town because the Raveni are just running amok and and destroying everything um so you have to micromanage where you where your attention lies do you do you save the civilians which honestly don't die very much if you don't pay attention to them unless they're being <laughs> squished by Raveni so okay. you're gonna want to go and really pay attention to the Raveni and that's where the strategery of chopping said limbs off uh, their legs at least to kind of keep them in place so you can kind of run back and forth and and uh the way you kill a Raveni to get to the point is um you build up that kill strike you remove the head armor and then you have to climb to the top of the Raveni uh to um decapitate them in right. a very cinematic fashion where you you climb to the top and you hit the kill strike and in slow motion you jump up and and this is to say this game is just filled with style when it comes to combat you slow motion jump up you move your cursor down to kind of like hover over the neck and you just decapitate that and the heads do not grow back which is okay nice <laughs> um so that's that's the sort of loop and uh oh also there's like a there's like a grappling hook mechanic so that's where that's another reason where the uh the chopping of the legs comes up because some raveni will have these like little handy pouches on their back which Honestly, doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, why would you put pouches on your back? Like, can they even reach that far back? But anyways, that's what you use to grapple to the top. But some of those Raveni don't have those. So you have to chop their legs off so they fall down. So it's easier for you to climb up their back. I see. Um, so, but that's the gameplay loop. And that's where the issue lies. In that the hour and a half I played before I streamed, I was really enjoying it. And then when I went to stream it, uh, it was like, oh, this is the same thing over yeah. and over and over. <laughs> it's just that thing that I did already yeah. over and over and over again. But it's harder and it's more frustrating and it's mm. presenting me challenges that just aren't fun. And that's the issue that arose with the last two games I played because I had fun in the first hour and a half while I was prepping for the stream. And then when I went live and I was trying to be entertaining... I was playing something that wasn't Well, that's your problem. Fun. Why are you playing for an hour, hour and a half before you start the stream? You should just start the stream where you start the game. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that, that. I mean, that is a I valid I feel like there's something point. to be said to, like, boot up a game before mm-hmm. you start a stream just to make sure that everything's working and there's nothing boring right at the start, like yeah, um, character creation or, you know, whatever the case may be, where there's some things that you kind of, like, initial game setup. You don't necessarily always want to stream all of that stuff, but I mean, if you're going to be sitting there playing for an hour, an hour and a half, why not just turn your camera on? <laughs> True. And, and you know, that this is not, this is kind of, yeah, like that's a really good point and something that goes to like me still sort of learning. Cause for me, it's like, well, I want to kind of know if I'm going to enjoy it. 
So it's hard to tell if I'm going to enjoy it without playing it, but you're right. Like you might be experiencing, there's a thing to say, like, I guess you should be experiencing the best part of the project or the product on stream when you're trying Mm. to be entertaining and then give more in-depth thoughts on uh, the podcast or or another medium that you have available to yourself. So, uh, Manny in the chat room saying we're all terrified of people judging your skill when streaming. Uh, that's kind of true. The way that I get mm-hmm. around that is I just um, both like advertise my stream and the way I think about myself, I guess, as a gamer is I just kind of say like, I'm not a good gamer. I love playing games, but I'm not good at them. So I just like think about it like that. And it, oh, you're a terrible gamer. Yep, I am. Thanks. Bye. Like, yeah. <laughs> It, it, and it's funny because of all the things outside of Hearthstone, Hearthstone is the one um, kind of exception to that way of thinking for me, because I feel like the Hearthstone, the expectations around me in Hearthstone are much higher. But when it comes to like new games, like I do not pick up things quickly. I'm really, really bad. Mm-hmm. So I just like bill it as that. And I say, like, watch me come play horribly. Like, and then if I'm actually getting good at it, people show mm. up for the stream and they're pleasantly surprised as opposed to like looking for some pro level gamer, which I am not. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm not necessarily worried about um, being judged with these sort of games because they're not competitive. Like there's a reason I don't play Heroes of the Storm or uh, Fortnite or, or any other game that I might be remotely interested in that's competitive streaming because that that's where I'd worry like, oh, I'm really showing my my uh, my noobness is showing, you know, like uh, put the noobs away kind of thing. Even then, I don't care. Even then, I'm just like, I got one kill all night in Fortnite. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I don't really care either. It's not really something I've, I mean, I'm concerned about it now, but like, no, I'm just joking. I'm, it it, it's definitely the kind of thing that, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of different things to think about and worry about when it comes to streaming and your quality of gameplay is definitely one of them. And I can see that concern. Um, but yeah, the way that I get around it is just like set the expectations real low. And then if you exceed them, great. <laughs> yeah. And I guess for me, it's just, I, I wasn't, I was, I just wasn't having fun and mm-hmm. it didn't matter that I was, uh, I was just doing terribly. It's just that I wasn't having as much fun as I was when I was, when I was playing before. And I don't think I had found to that do... with Far Cry as well, mm. um, because I got to the point where I was streaming and I got to the point where I kind of got a little bit stuck. And then I was just like, oh, this isn't fun. So the like I had been expecting to stream for four or five hours. I think I streamed for like maybe two, yeah. got through one mission and then was just like, all right, that's it. I'm done. I'm sorry, guys. This is really frustrating. I don't I don't have the energy tonight. All right, I'm leaving, which is always the thing as a streamer you can do, right? Like you say you played the most enjoyable parts of the game off stream ahead of time and then got really frustrated on stream. There's nothing saying that you have to stream for any set amount no. of time, right? Like, if you're not having fun and if you don't think that you're being entertaining, then and say goodnight the for the night. Is I did I did check out earlier than two hours. I should have checked out at the hour point because I felt like that's where it kind of turned. Mm. And uh, I think that's a lesson that I learned. It was just like you know if I'm if I'm if I'm committed to playing this game, Extinction is what we've been talking about. We said the name, yep. right? So Extinction yeah, did, was yeah. what I was playing. I should have also said... also on like, the overlay, so... <laughs> oh, perfect. That's awesome. Um, is, is I should have said, like, you know what, guys? I'm not feeling it. Um, I did get more time in it before we talked about it tonight, just to kind of see if maybe it was me performing that combined with the 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 gameplay loop lagging a bit and the, the frustrating layers that they were adding in terms of... Uh, and it was... Um, 
it felt a bit of column A and a bit of column B. Like it was, it still was that gameplay loop that was getting a little dull, but it was also that I wasn't having to perform that I was getting a little more laid back. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess this is where I'm still learning is like, how do I just play? So, you know, I'll skip ahead a bit in terms of this week where I, I decided I'm not going to play any game. I'm, I'm traveling this weekend. It's busy. We're moving everything around. So I'm just going to, just going to pop into, into Far Cry five and just play what, what are they I, I didn't want to call it like casual chill stream but i know that's kind of what some tr- stream twitchers that's do, definitely right? a thing like yeah. a category it could also be like a category in and of itself on steam mm-hmm. like regardless of the game just like <laughs> chill stream <laughs> and and that's what i did and i said i'll probably go for an hour i'll probably start between eight and nine so it was like super chill and <laughs> i had a lot of fun and i think that was the break that i needed so um before we move off of extinction, uh, I mean, I'm learning from these these incidents, so or, or these experiences. So I will look to course correct in the future, starting, you know, in in the next couple of weeks, trying to find ways to be like, nah, this is my chill stream for the month. We're gonna play Minecraft for a couple hours, yeah. you know, once a month, something like that. But with extinction, you know, going back to that gameplay loop, you feel it pr- pretty hard. Like they get to a point where it's like, we really don't have anything else for you. It's just going to be a lot of clambering around, chopping limbs off. And and the things they add are extending the amount of time that you're having to micromanage this giant orc and try to take it down uh, while also managing the fact that your civilians are dying and the town is being yeah. torn apart. Oh, no, there's another Ravenny across the map. And, and it's that micromanage. And it's the cool factor drips away and you just got this this gameplay loop that's like, ah, is this, is this really it? And then, you know, I checked out the challenges and the challenges are the same thing where it's like, it's focusing on traversal and there are one, one hit kill restart the challenge thorns everywhere. So it's like, Mm. if I touch these thorns, I die and I have to restart the whole challenge. That's not fun. That's infuriating, you know? So on top of all that, this is the biggest kicker. And you're like, Ryan, why didn't you start with this? This is a full price product, mm. uh, eighty bucks, well seventy five dollars Canadian. So tax that. So probably like sixty American, right? So, but a full AAA price. It's a full AAA price, and don't get me wrong, this got this this has a a AAA feel. It's got solid voice acting. It's got animated cutscenes, but it does not live up to the price um i don't like to throw around numbers when saying how much a game should cost but for me uh and like i said this was i it was supplied by you know uh, I, I received a code from the publisher to check it out but i always factor in cost because that's how people play games they you know a normal consumer would buy these games and, and play it for themselves and as a full price product i think it's important to look at that and say probably wait for a sale on this one because it the the value isn't doesn't feel like it's there it's a pretty yeah. it's a pretty shallow experience it's a cool shallow experience but i just don't think there's enough there to warrant the price especially when you hit like chapter three and it's like is this it folks I've um, even seen that uh, a lot of the well, a lot of the re- like the reviews of this game are overwhelmingly negative. Yeah. Um, and on both from critics and from gamers, like so, it's not just that gamers are really upset and they give it bad 
reviews, but overall reviews are positive. Like this is this is universally not that well reviewed. And most of them are saying that it's like after the first hour, the gameplay loop never changes again, which you which you echoed, Ryan, as well as um, they beat the main campaign in a matter of like three to four hours, which it's a short game. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it's a very, very short game. And I mean, like we've talked before about like not necessarily equating number of hours played to level of enjoyment to price, because sometimes a game that takes you an hour to two hours to play through can Mm. be worth the 30 or 40 dollar price tag because it's a very engaging experience. Like I'm thinking of um, the Sexy Brutal, which is one of my games of the year last year. I loved that. It was only about a three hour experience, but I would have paid double because the game was fantastic. So, you know, like I'm not necessarily saying that there's um, a correlation between the amount of time you play a game and the and how much that justifies the price. But um, when you're talking about a full price AAA game that Mm -hmm. has like a one hour max gameplay loop and a campaign that only takes four hours, that's not a whole lot of content. So. No, it, it when, when a game is uh, a game to me has to earn its, its price tag, you know, like mm-hmm. I, um, I, I truly believe that and, and earning that price tag depends on on the audience you're seeking. So if you look at, say, Gone Home, which launched at $20 uh, when the when the quote unquote walking simulators were were still a thing that was not really widely you know accepted. And when that came out, it's like, oh, this is way too expensive and you just walk around. But no, you're you're paying for the experience. Yeah, the gameplay yeah. involves you walking around, but it's the experience you're paying for. And that says something. But in this, uh, the hour or the the first hour are really entertaining because it's introducing you to these really cool mechanics, but they don't do anything else with them. And the fact that the main campaign is over so quickly and the only thing you're left with is, um, you know, combat simulators trials with one hit kills where you're not killing anything you're just traversing you know one fell swoop and you fall into a a pit of spikes start over it's like yeah that's not fun because that is just an extension of the gameplay loop that died out a while ago yeah if this game was more appropriately priced for the content i'm not saying that the developers you know they didn't work towards an 80 dollar product and hire towards an 80 dollar product but I mean, if your content can't match the price tag, that's that that's a business problem, right? Like, yeah. Um, you look at uh, there are AAA examples out there that say they're launching at an eighty dollars price. Look, look at Battlefront, the original Battlefront that came out. Um, it was sorely missing content, and they and they solved that by offering a, a sixty dollars season pass, and and they really got hit for that. You know, like this is this is not a full game. There's no single player. There's just multiplayer with a handful of maps it's not something that we can stand for anymore and i think this is also an example of a product that is just poorly priced um Mm. and i expect it to just unfortunately it's probably going to get a deep cut not because uh it needed it but because it just it's not selling well yeah um and and certainly i i wouldn't recommend it at the full price i would highly recommend checking it out on a sale because there is something there worth dabbling with but but not at the price of other games that you see yeah coming out these days like like far cry 5 and well and i was gonna War. say even far cry 5 which we've been talking about playing yeah. for weeks now so 
Yeah, no, it sounds like uh, maybe not, maybe worth your time if there's a sale, but uh, don't go and buy it right now. <laughs> no, it's important to wait. And, and I, I really like covering, you know, indie titles that don't get a lot of like exposure or get sort of, um, you know, uh, overshadowed by the, by the big guns. Like this one came out right around Far Cry 5. Uh, same with uh, This Masters. isn't an indie title though, is it? I, I mean... It's hard to tell these days. I can't days. remember which. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not an indie title, but it's not. It's not from a developer that you would consider sort of the, of the Ubisoft level. So like AAA these days doesn't mean what it used to, where it's like this is Nintendo or this is you know an, an indie publisher in their basement. This is kind of like oh, are these the Killer Instinct guys? Yeah, they are. Yeah, Iron Galaxy okay. are the guys that. Uh, are eat, yeah, or... so I would still I would put this. Uh, I I definitely wouldn't call this an indie. Like no, okay. Killer Instinct was not an indie. <laughs> I guess not an indie, but maybe like it's hard to explain. But like it's just not at the at the exposure level that Far Cry. Like Far Cry Five is on bus. True. Ads. I don't think True. there are bus ads for Extinction. And, yeah. And uh, and that's like again, ra- you know, wrapping this the whole thing up in a bow. That's where terminals and key mailer and even direct contact for code requests are so great because it's that those are the folks that need that use uh, Twitch streamers and YouTubers and podcasters to get the word out it are these smaller developers. And, and I like to stream more unknown games because it it's a niche that because uh, there's, you know, everyone's stream, everyone's streaming Far Cry 5 around release, you yeah. know, and to be able to stream different content that is also interesting and unique um is something i strive for so those tools like terminals and and keymailer are are really handy Uh, and that's where i got extinction from was through was through terminals and um and uh, there's even a way to submit your coverage so like when this is all done and edited and posted like there's a tool in terminals you go in and you just say like here's the podcast here's the twitch stream and and there's that that reporting that feedback loop which is also helpful for people right. to uh to tell so that's that's all folks that's the big package of of uh, what's been going on i thought that was uh hopefully not too much of ryan talking and a good conversation i thought hopefully. <laughs> we have a patron ad this week from simon who says weekly news desk is a podcast all about the geek news this week you may have noticed they're on a bit of a hiatus but stay tuned for news of their return, you can join your two Knuckle Head hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. You can find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. We also re- wanted to remind everybody that if you want to promote your content on The Gamers Inn, you can do so by backing us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash thegamersin. We have all kinds of cool stuff over there, including something we're going to talk about right now. We are relaunching our community content channel. So... Uh, we did have a channel in our Discord, which is bit.ly slash TGI Discord, that was all about community content that you guys are putting out. However, it wasn't really being used the way that we wanted it to be used. It was being, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of spammed. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we decided to delete it, and we're, bringing, we're going to bring it back. And the reason that I mentioned this tied in with uh, Patreon is because what we've decided to do is try to give back to the community a little bit and give you guys uh, some more reasons to become a patron of the Gamers Inn. So mm-hmm. anyone who is a patron of the Gamers Inn at any level is going to have access to post in a new community channel. Now, we want to make sure you guys realize 
what we envision this community content channel for is something along the lines of here is my best podcast episode. I'm going to put it up in community content. And then what Ryan and I are going to do is we'll actually go in, listen to your show, watch your stream, take a look at your YouTube video, whatever content you're creating, Ryan and I will personally go in, watch or look at it and critique it. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to give you guys a little bit of our expertise. We got a lot of really great feedback when it came to all of the stuff that we've been talking about, about, you know, tips for starting up streaming. So we thought we'd kind of extend that into a channel where you guys can guarantee that Ryan and I will go and look at your content. So that being said, if you've got a podcast, don't post every single episode of your podcast. Post the piece of content that you would like us to critique. Mm -hmm. And so the community content channel will be open to everybody for viewing, but open to patrons for posting. So that's the way that we're going to kind of like give you guys a platform to talk about your work. And anyone who is uh, not a patron will be able to see your work. Uh, but we wanted to make sure that our patrons were kind of getting a little bit more bang for your buck when you're supporting the gamers in. So that is what is going to basically happen with our community content channel um, we wanted to give you guys a little bit more access to us. Hmm. And, and, you know, have, a when we create channels in our discord, it's, it's for a purpose. And, uh, like we use the word no spam. I think that's where we want to, you know, limit self promotion and focus more on the feedback side of it. That's how I always envision the community content, uh, side of things to be like, let's look at all the cool stuff everyone's doing Let's get some feedback going, some real discussions happening. Yeah. And it didn't, that just didn't happen. And um, we're looking to address that with, with the sort of like controlled drip of content going in by having some rules in place. Like we talked about posting your best content, no spamming, don't post every episode, post post what you would like us to look at. Yeah. Um, and, and use common sense when, when, you know, submitting for feedback, you know, uh, there are there is progression you make with your content so we're not saying post once and never again and that's your patronship it's it's you <laughs> you know like everybody sorry <laughs> i just come out with that one um when you post something and you ask for feedback you know go back to the drawing table enact that feedback and then when you feel you have something that that could do another pass then you come back but again that's not like here's my second episode uh, what do you think? Here's my third episode, fourth episode. It doesn't work that way. There's going to be no more loopholes. You just have to use common sense. And, and I think uh, that's... And we have a great community. Like yeah. you guys, for the most part, have been really wonderful. And mm -hmm. like I said, we wanted to give you guys a little bit more feedback and a little bit more direct access to kind of like make sure that you're getting the most out of your experience on the Gamers in Discord. So, and uh, especially as patrons of the show... Uh, we wanted to make sure that you guys were feeling valued and yeah. feeling like you were getting enough out of us. And it had been very, very difficult for us to uh, kind of interact with the community. And that's a problem to me. So yeah. and we I, like we want to see your content, but we want uh, to be able to to, you know, digest and enjoy your content. And the, and the easiest way to do that is to control 
the way it comes in in a, in a meaningful fashion that's useful for not only us, not use, only useful for you, but useful for the visitors. So the fact that it's going to be open to everyone to view doesn't limit the fact that you you it, it it's not just a send it to Ryan and Jocelyn. It's still community content. Everybody can check yeah, it out. And that's it. Yeah, and, and not only will everyone be able to check it out, but it's going to be a great resource for you guys too because you'll be able to see as you know aspiring podcasters or aspiring streamers you'll be able to see our critiques. So you'll be able to access whatever the community content piece is. So whether mm-hmm. it's a podcast, a YouTube video, Twitch stream, whatever, you'll be able to access that content. And then immediately below that, you'll be able to see what Ryan and I had to say about what's actually going on. And even probably we're kind of expecting other patrons to weigh in as well and say sure. like, oh, I really like this or I didn't like this or whatever the case. Um, so it's going. you're going to be able to see the piece of content that was produced and then you're going to be able to see the feedback that came from that so then that you can kind of even if you aren't a patron you can take that information and say like oh i'm going to then apply it to my new podcast or my twitch stream or whatever the case is so i feel like this is going to be a more useful tool for everyone and it's going to be less of a like just spam 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 spam, link 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 with no kind of uh, like because everyone can go and you know follow a YouTube channel or follow Mm. a Twitter. Like we don't want that to be this, you know, we don't want this to be, uh, yeah, this isn't Twitter. We don't want this to be like blurb content, blurb content, blurb content. Cause it's just, no one reads it. (laughs) And we want, like, I, I literally had the community content channel the way it was like the previous iteration of the community content channel. I had literally muted it because there wasn't anything useful in there. And I was just like, I shouldn't be muting channels in my own discord. It, so and, and we it was clearly not working. No. And we're, we're hoping that this will be uh, something that will be useful to everyone in the future. Yeah. And we don't want to discourage people who, you know, uh, may, and I've, and we've reached out to a few of the folks who, who were posting in there that were posting content and, and sort of, uh, res- respecting common sense and, and all that fun stuff. So, um, those folks know that, you know, when this new thing launches and you're a patron, you can go in there and, and I expect to die. And I, and what I want to see from new discord channels is discussion is dialogue mm-hmm. is back and forth. So when we talk about feedback from Jocelyn and I, we're not talking about our thoughts now go off and do it. No, let's have a conversation about what we, we said it's a back and forth. So I want to see I want to see it more like the shipwrecks and shanties and the fire emblem and the general chat where it's there is occasional links and there's occasional this and that but it's mostly a dialogue you mm-hmm. know and uh, we have a couple channels set up for for us as hosts to announce things it's called the announcements channel <laughs> and that is there for Jocelyn and I to post when we do streams when new episodes go live and stuff like that and by all means, like it's designed that way so that if you don't, if you follow us on Twitter and you don't need to see that in Discord as well and get notifications, there's the mute option for that. But we designed the announcements channel to be like that. If you don't want it, you can mute it. Um, yeah. But a discussion channel like community content should never, sh- that should not have been muted uh, by anyone. Yeah. So that, again, is a design flaw, which we're looking to address with, with this change. 
Yeah, and Manny in the chat room is saying uh, this sounds like a more curated experience. And that's, that's kind of what we're going for, is we want this to be a collection of the gamers and communities mm -hmm. best foot forward when it comes to content. And then we don't want it to be a like posting episode after episode after episode or Twitch stream after Twitch stream after Twitch stream because the idea is if you're putting your best foot forward, this is the content the community is making. So if I am a listener, if I'm a pay, if I'm sorry, not a patron, if I'm a listener who is part of the discussions at the TGI Discord, again, bit.ly slash TGI Discord, if I'm part of the discussions and I find content and it's your best foot forward, I am then going to go follow that content. And that's the idea is, mm -hmm. you know, like we want people to be putting interesting content forward to help drive our existing audience over to the really cool things our community is doing. So yes. um, then once we, you know, once we send listeners your way sort of thing, then the idea is that they will go and follow your Twitter and your, you know, YouTube and your Twitch and all that kind of stuff or subscribe to your podcast. And then you don't have to post every episode in community content because you've already drawn the listener over to your mm -hmm. platform. So yeah. that's kind of, we want it to be like a portal I guess is a good word too for, you know, mm -hmm. community and what, what we're doing and what you guys are doing. Cause there is some really cool stuff being, uh, created by people who follow the show. So I want to make sure that we can kind of, um, highlight that and give you guys some added value to being a patron of the gamers. End. so that is the plan. We are relaunching the community channel. It should be up. We have to make some changes to the Patreon. So look for the community content channel coming in the next couple of weeks. We are doing all kinds of crazy stuff, Ryan and I, uh, over on Gamers In in general, mm. uh, revamping the website, revamping the Patreon. Like we've got a lot of stuff that's going launching on in the a background. New website. Launching a new website, launching a whole new yes. <laughs> I, I don't even yet. know if it, or, or, I was gonna say I don't. We can't really talk about it yet because it's not ready. Someone but. needs to build the logo. <laughs> I know, I know. I need to make a logo. I, I was just aware. gonna put the text in there as a. As, as a <laughs> Because that's what we should do is just like until we have, you know, temporary, like under yeah. construction. Everything else is <laughs> is good to go. But yeah, coming but yeah, soon. Yeah, so it is coming soon. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys like everything that we've put together. A mm -hmm. lot of the um, TGI Presents projects as well as, as some of the other stuff that we've been working on is all leading up to this. So that's as much teasing as I'm going to do right now. But just that's so good. you guys know, all of the news, all of the new gamers in things will be launching in the next couple of weeks so thank you guys so much for sticking it out with us mm -hmm. listening to me blabber on for forever about community content and it's really just a text channel and bliss in, in bliss hey i went much. on about uh code requests and extinction for about a half hour so i think we're even now so all right all right so yeah again community content channel coming soon stay tuned bit.ly slash tgi discord also patreon.com slash the gamers in good uh we have one update from news last week that is that the bully bully hunters initiative has been shut down didn't last very long no. uh it had overwhelmingly negative uh feedback based mostly on a lot of the things that we touched on last week not necessarily that harassment in gaming is not a problem but that the bully hunters idea isn't necessarily the way that they should have gone about dealing with it and i think um because there there's been a lot of um negative press there's been a lot of uh just awful awful things being said on both sides and this is for the best i think that this tool yeah. is no longer a thing there was also a 
not an interview, I guess, uh, Zombie Unicorn, who is the the streamer that I talked about last week, who set up mm. the Beautyverse stream, who I know, who I like. Um, basically, she did uh, almost like an AMA thing on Twitch for it was about an hour and a half long, almost two hours video that she did addressing all of the concerns. And I think that if people listen to what she's saying, then you can kind of understand the position that she was in. And a lot of people, she became almost like the face of bully hunters, which kind of happens when you're the one hosting the event. But that's literally all she was, was the host. She wasn't informed about the campaign as much as she probably should have been, or like had she had more information, she would have walked away. Because it sounds like, at least uh, from her side of the story, that it was always supposed to be an anti-bullying initiative and that it was going to like open up conversations. And the consulting that she did and the ideas that she had were really interesting and much more along the lines of like ways to find people to game with as opposed to this what turned into bullying the bully, which was never a good idea, I no, don't think. That was always um, a problem. That was a bad yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah, so it was supposed to be, or at least her her idea and what she put forward as a consultant was that you used an online tool to find like-minded gamers who are against harassment, and so you could find people to basically like team up with, and that you knew wouldn't be assholes, basically. That's what it was, well, it was like a friend finder. Hmm. Uh, and it kind of got, um, and they shot down that idea and went with this idea instead, and she thought it was going to be a publicity stunt. It didn't turn out to be a publicity stunt. They intended the tool <laughs> to kind of like stick around and actually be used. Ooh. And uh, the gaming community was just like, no, this is a really bad idea. And it yeah. felt a lot like something made for gamers, not by gamers, like with a, with a really, um, and even the messaging was odd because like her messaging was very much about just harassment and gaming their messaging was very um, like women in gaming. And I talked last week about the harassment I've received and it's, it is a problem, but it's not a gender specific problem. And I think mm. that's what zombie unicorn is trying to get across, but um, it's an attitude that, problem. Like we discussed. That, yeah. Yeah. Bully, bully hunters was, was definitely leaning on the women in gaming thing. And uh, it, it felt, it just didn't feel good. So I'm glad it got shut down. I don't think it was a good idea in the first place. I think Zombie Unicorn is taking a lot more flack than she deserves because, I mean, one other, I mean, she has said that, like, at least out of all of this, it's kind of proved that something needs to be done. And I agree. I said this last week about the Twitch chat. I mean, just the comments being said in Twitch chat show that there's a there's a need for this. And it's the same with her mentions on Twitter. Like, clearly, there is a need or like there is harassment in gaming. It happens like you can see it now all over twitter and twitch so yeah there's a need something needs to be done no one really knows what it is but uh it is harassment is definitely a problem and there was something else i was going to say that i totally lost my train of thought yeah yeah well it's it's a it's great that it got shut down because we i didn't want to we didn't want to see it kind of continue down the path that it was obviously taking because it was only going to get worse and i i I think it getting shut down also doesn't set back gamers in being part of the conversation of, uh, you know, anti-abuse and anti-harassment because really it's like sometimes it feels like the developers see 
the gamers as the children at the table and being like, no, no, the parents are going to figure out how to how to discipline you guys. We don't need your opinions. Uh, yeah, we we just want to figure out what's wrong and, and fix it ourselves. You guys, it doesn't matter what you guys think. You're you're the kids at the table, you know, so um, I'm glad I'm hoping that th- this doesn't set us back and, and we, we still get a seat at the table to have that conversation um, with developers on how to solve this attitude issue that gamers, some gamers have. Uh, well, and I mean, we talked a few weeks ago about just the whole idea of all the companies coming together to fight toxicity in gaming. And I think that that might be a better thing. Cause like we said last week, even when we were talking about bully hunters originally, mm-hmm. the problem is a developer problem and it should be dealt with from a developer side of things. And the fact that people feel that they have to create tools like bully hunters that's a problem yeah this the developers need to take more action to control what's going on in their own backyards and so i think the solution is more developers coming together and finding solutions than it should be like this shouldn't be on the community and like i said it feels very much like it was made for gamers not by gamers i don't think that this marketing company that created bully hunters has ever even played a game before so you know, like it really did feel like um, mainstream, not really understanding culture and what was going on online. Like it was a very ham fisted way of dealing with this. And it didn't feel like it was something that the community came up with because it wasn't. It was a marketing team. So yeah. it just it felt like it was built by committee with no one listening to anybody else. And it was a terrible tool. So I'm glad that it's gone. But the point that I was going to make that I, I remembered from before was pointing out that you know harassment is a problem in video games just by looking at twitch and twitter and the thing that drove me absolutely nuts about the attacks on zombie unicorn was six years ago one time Mm -hmm. she used a slur which she shouldn't have she did it on stream she didn't do it before she didn't do it after and She apologized profusely then. She's apologized over and over over the years. And it's come up again. And what drives me crazy about this is people are ripping her apart for this this thing that happened six years ago. And as well as like showing some tweets and stuff out of context. And yet male streamers. And I know like I'm not one to normally harp on gender, but male streamers who have said the N-word on stream, who have been totally toxic, who've done all kinds of crazy things, they can do something like that. God, Logan effing Paul can shoot a dead body in a suicide forest, and he's still got all his same followers. It's not even news anymore. A female streamer does something six years ago, and she cannot live it down. Hmm. And that, to me, is kind of uh, the crux of the issue, is that, female streamers step out of line once and it's the end of the world and they should be driven out of the industry and male streamers step out of line over and over again and it's Mm -hmm. not a problem and they don't lose anything meaningful like i'm sure logan paul's got all his sponsorships back now like as soon as it goes out of the papers nobody cares well that's (laughs) the papers the papers (laughs) the papers read about the twitch streamer extra extra get a nickel sound give you a paper i don't know it's terrible but you know what i mean like one mistake from six years ago, and I'm not condoning what she did. No. It's not okay, and I think uh, it applies to all streamers, that if you ever use language and slurs, 
like it's in your vocabulary for a reason. Like those words, I would never slip up on stream and say things like that because that's not in my vocabulary. That's not in my day to day conversations off stream. So I would never it would I mean, it would never slip <laughs> like when I air quote slip, I say like the F word and the C word and the S word like I swear I don't slur. <laughs> so because that's just not the kind of person that I am. So but you know, she did it one time. She apologized. It was a long time ago. People learn, people grow. And to have it thrown in your face as many times as she has, I think is ridiculous because that sort of stuff, we've seen it time and time again. It doesn't happen to men. <laughs> so I just, that's another example, I think, of what, like, I know that they really leaned into the harassment happens to women and harassment, you know, like they, they focused in on women. And I don't think that's right because I think gamers ha harass other gamers and you don't need to put a gender to it but i do think that there's also a conversation that needs to happen around just how women are treated on the internet period um and then mm. you know like and i think she has received a whole hell of a lot of of um harassment herself over this whole bully hunters thing and i don't know if the same thing would have happened had this event been hosted by matt mercer for example. So mm -hmm. I just, you know, that, that's just how I feel. <laughs> no, it, it's, it, it's a very, it makes, uh, it's, it's a, it's a good opinion. And I think it makes sense that, uh, it's the evidence is there, you know, when, and, and I think, um, there's industries that have been like, look at Hollywood, look at the movie industry, the entertainment business, like they're going through something now that is still struggling to take hold. There's still like asinine behavior that gets rewarded because it happens behind closed doors. But people are starting to realize that like, oh, this is bad and we need to kind of weed it out. Uh, but they're still having issues. And when you look at the at the streaming industry and, and video games as a whole, like it's still dealing with that. It's still figuring out, you know, it shouldn't take this long, but it's the it, it's it's just catching up with with this other stuff. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm saying it's completely wrong. This shouldn't be happening. And you should be held accountable for your actions. But if you truly show remorse, like you say she has, and she's apologized and it happened six years ago. And yes, a lot happens in six years. Six years ago, I didn't have two kids, you know, like I wasn't married, you know, so there's a lot of things that can happen in six years. Um, so to hold it against someone who has clearly shown remorse, like did Logan Paul uh, show remorse? Did, you know, PewDiePie show remorse when he did all that stupid shit? That's another like, one. Yeah. <laughs> like they don't, him. they show remorse yeah. long enough to, to get for somebody else to, to slip up and then they yeah. get their 15 minutes of, of, of shame, you know? And um, it's, it's not but we're not talking about the papers you know the papers don't <laughs> constantly bring up the fact like the papers that matter i'm just gonna see say, keep saying papers but the papers that matter don't keep bringing up this six-year-old slip-up um they they've moved on they cover the in the now they focus on the in the now because i i think most you know uh respectable papers uh <laughs> yeah are you know uh uh, not about trudging out old history unless it repeats itself and then it's it's, it's part of the evidence um mm -hmm. but for some reason when gamers or when an audience or when these audience of harassers really latch on to someone they have this like excel file filled with examples of just bad behavior even if it even if it was and it's like you said out of context 
you know, and that's... Well, yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying that the that the slur was out of context. I'm saying, like, the tweets that have that I've seen featured where she's, you know, like, calling other other people on Twitter, like, bitches and, you know, dicks and harsher words than that um, that I don't want to use on our PG right. non-explicit podcast. Um, but yeah, like tweets like that where they show just the things that she has said and not all of the tweets that have happened before that of the person like calling her a titty streamer and stuff like you know people are gonna come out and say like hey that's an asshole move you're a dick don't call me a titty streamer I would do that (laughs) like so you know it's the kind of thing where like shown out of context yeah it does look like she's being horrible but when you look at the, everything that happened ahead of time, if you can actually go back and find the tweets and read the threads, then it's like, oh, it took her like three days to get here and like a whole bunch of really horrible, harassing comments that eventually, yeah, she lashes out. And you can say yeah. grow a thicker skin, but no. eventually that stuff's going to get to everybody. So, um, no, I'm not excusing the slur, but I'm saying that the tweets that are being shown as evidence, air quotes, are out of context. Yeah, it's 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 tough. And like telling someone to grow a thicker skin is never the solution uh, because people in the entertainment business don't exist for your entertainment, both on screen and for your entertainment. So you can just tear them apart daily like this isn't a fresh new hell uh, that's been devised, you know, like this. (laughs) That's not what this is. Uh, This is a person looking to entertain you with her streams, um, not to give you some, you know, not to give you a punching bag. That's, uh, that's not what Twitch streaming is for. And for those folks who find who find, and I honestly, even as, uh, you know, um, someone starting out in streaming, it is, it is terrifying when I hear these stories of people who get really successful and then like the internet just turns on them you know gamers in is at a, is at a nice you know <laughs> level where we i have, really like the size that this show we is. have really nice people <laughs> who listen we don't have a lot of drama it's just it's yeah. been a great you know uh you know experience it's for like, me when we get to the point where we have to make a decision because something's happening that we don't necessarily like, it takes Ryan and I so long to actually come to a conclusion about what we want to do because we're so not used to dealing with drama. Hmm. And we're just like, well, who should talk? What should happen? I don't know. What do we even do? <laughs> Plus, we're incredibly so busy. So... Like, we have a great, great community. So yeah. we are very lucky but, but <laughs> in it, that respect. But yeah, uh... once you get to or once you get bigger, then more and more you're exposed to people who and uh, Doc and Don both in the chat room are mentioning the fact that you um, like it's people behind a screen. It's mm-hmm. an, it, the anonymity of it all. And it's very difficult to uh, kind of remember that there is another person on the other end of your Internet connection that sometimes you say and do things that you wouldn't do otherwise in real life. I mean, a, a much more tame example, but I did it the other day. I had uh, I was tweeting out about the Leafs in the playoffs and I was really excited. It was the first game that I'd been able to watch. And Mm. I tweeted out how exciting playoff hockey was. And someone tweeted back at me and said, uh, 
didn't see you tweeting about the first two games. Hmm. Mm. Like basically like calling me a fake Leaf fan. And I'm like, okay, of all the hockey teams I could pick, why would I pick the Leafs if I was going to pick a team <laughs> to support? Like, let's be honest. But uh, I literally, like I snapped right back at him and I was like, you know what? Go check my VODs from years ago before I started using green screen. I had a Leafs flag behind me. I've been a Leafs fan my whole life. Like, get the fuck out of my mentions. Sorry, I'm not supposed to swear on the show. No, but no. you know, like, She's and real it's deal. like, and, you know, it's really easy to forget that you've got, like, the one person on the one side who's seeing, like, someone pretending to enter their fandom for whatever imagined reason, when mm -hmm. that's what they think. And then I'm on the other end, you know, just trying to enjoy hockey, which I love, and being told that I'm not good enough and I don't belong there. And it's very easy to forget that there's an actual person on the other side of that Twitter mention. <laughs> so... It like it just I can see the the and the and maybe not even anonymity, but just like not actually knowing the people behind the screen. It makes it very easy to say and do things you wouldn't normally do in real life. Like if I had somebody say to me in real life, hey, like I've never heard you talk about the lease before. I'd be like, oh, really? Because, you know, I've been so busy and normally I talk about gaming so I can see mm -hmm. that. Like, but I really like I love hockey. I grew up watching, you know, Hockey Night Canada with my dad. Like I've always been a Leafs fan. I would have a much happier, positive conversation with that person as opposed to immediately jumping to, oh, you're being a dick and I'm going to snap back at you and bam, blocked. Like I wouldn't do that in real life. No. <laughs> so and, Yeah, like there's... And, and again, it just goes back to like when you as you build your audience and you start getting to the to the point where uh, and, you know, people who don't know you, because I feel like a lot like I would say a good majority of, of our audience on the Gamers Inn are people that we're familiar with and are just good natured and we're able to have a conversation with them. And, and I have people emailing all the time. Like when we started these spinoff podcasts, we've been getting emails from folks who are like, yeah, I've been listening for like five years. I'm really glad you like launched the Summoner's Call or Shipwrecks and Shanties. And, and I'm like, oh, wow, you've been listening for five years. You're a name I've not seen. And, and, uh, it's really exciting when that happens, but yeah, it's part of me as I continue down the road of, of streaming. And, you know, we've been doing this for six years. So I've had my fair share of people who like random idiots that pop in and say something and then <laughs> ban them and you don't ever see them again. And, and it's just a stupid comment. And clearly they were saying it to, to, uh, to get a rise to get a rise or just to to be you know that's that's what they do for fun which honestly get a better hobby but um <laughs> you you do when people say you grow a thicker skin it's like yeah when you do put yourself out there there is a bit of that happening where you you do get used to the the little things that crop up but for me what absolutely terrifies me is the stuff i see that people deal with on a daily basis uh this type of harassment as they're streaming and and you know like we talk about you know bully hunters and we talk about zebra unicorn and it's not zebra unicorn zombie zombie, zombie unicorn. <laughs> zebra unicorn <laughs> i'm sorry zombie unicorn it wasn't me being i just forgot i'm terrible with names i know <laughs> so zombie unicorn like what i hear what's happening with her like that just terrifies me and yeah. I, I, I guess what I, yeah, it just scares the shit out of me. Uh, and, and it honestly, yeah, now like, Ryan said a bad word too. I'm not yeah. alone. <laughs> it just scares me. And it honestly makes me think like when I stream today, uh, you know, it, 
like is this the one where someone comes in and says something and something bad happens or like you know you're yep i just don't i I guess you just have to kind of when you put yourself out there that's a risk you take Mm -hmm. Uh, and you just have to uh find ways to to deal with it whether it's uh you know having a great moderator or having you know sub chat on or or just uh playing with the chat off and and just having a good time like i don't know like yeah you have to there's definitely there's definitely ways to deal with it especially on a platform like twitch i find it's a little bit harder over on a platform like twitter um because like the thing about twitch is you can just choose as a streamer to not read the chat room Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a poor decision because I like having the chat room going because then you can interact with the positive people there. But the thing about Twitter is that somebody can say something and you're going to see it before you get the chance to block. And I think that's the problem with um, that Bully Hunters was trying to address or that because a lot of people said we don't need this. You can just mute and block people and move on with your life. And I think that the thing is you what Bully Hunters was trying to do is stop the harassment before it happens, not block it off after the fact. Mm -hmm. And there's a big difference, I think, there. And there's a big difference in the impact of the person who's being harassed. Because if you can just, like, yes, you can just mute and block, but that comment has been said to you. And this is the same on any platform. Like, if you get to the point where you mute and block, that's on Twitter, Twitch, in-game, whatever, that thing has already been said to you it's already happened and there's a certain psychological toll there and that's why harassment's the problem because you know you still have to deal with the fact that somebody said that to you Hmm. and that can be difficult if it's happening from different people different platforms all day every day that can be really really hard to deal with so the idea of stopping harassment before it gets to the point where you need to mute or block someone that's the issue, and that's the issue that they were trying to address, and they did a very, very piss-poor job of it, but they had the right idea in that we need to stop harassment. We need to stop just blocking and muting. We need to actually like change as a gaming community, and this is something that I believe should have been the message of this in the first place, because I think that is the more important point, is that we need to get to a point where we're not being angry and mean and toxic and harassing to each other we need to get to a point where we're all in the same kind of headspace where you know i might you know jab you a little with my elbow in the ribs like friends do whether i know you or whether we're you know anonymous on the internet that should be the feeling that you get like ooh, little trash talk like oh yeah like go uninstall like oh whatever blah 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 like if we weren't in such a kind of uh, toxic community in a lot of these online games, jabs like that would feel like jokes among friends, right? But because everyone is in this like constant walls up, defense up, like headspace, like it can just, it can be really negative really quickly and it can escalate really quickly. So we need to stop it before it starts. And we need to all be more positive towards other people that we see online. And uh, that's the way I think we fight harassment, not with a, go target people in CSGO tool. Right. Exactly. So I think that's as good a place as I need to leave it because I know Ryan has to go to record another show in literally two minutes. So mm. we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you so much for listening. 
Uh, you can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at JossPlays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. The video versions of all our episodes are streamed on Thursdays normally uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash thegamersin and are available after the fact on both Twitch and at bit.ly slash TGIVODs. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can email the show at infogamersinpodcast.com and let us know what you think about our new community content initiative, what you think about Bully Hunters, or what you think about Extinction if you actually picked it up and gave it a shot. If you did, I feel really bad for you. We're sorry we didn't get the show out earlier, but... <laughs> You can still email us over at infogamersandpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.